Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show, starring yours truly, Coach Potts and Rockin' Ross. Today, we talk a little bit about everything. It's going to be a doozy of a show. I'm glad you're here. You're glad you're here. Stay tuned for the Home and Body Improvement Show, episode number five. What's going on, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing over there? I'm living the dream, my friend. You know why? Because I'm. It's another podcast with my good friend Ross. Thank you very much, Andy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder, man. I mean, all the stuff I do for you, I just wonder how you're ever going to pay me back. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, man. And all the things that I do for you, by helping you improve your life at your home, hey. That's priceless information for your life. Well, you certainly can't put a price tag on it if that's what you're saying. Oh, ho, ho, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ross, man, I was checking. I was creeping your Instagram, brother, and it looked like you nice. were, Did you build a fence? Yeah, replace pickets. Oh, no. Uh, Tell me more. I was uh, contracted. I had a client who uh, was dealing with some old you know, cedar pickets that were falling apart. And they were probably about 20 years original. And they just had some weather abuse from the tops because water gets in. And How long uh, does a good fence usually last? You know, probably about, you can probably, depends on the weather and the condition, probably up to 30 years, you know. But uh, hey, you've seen fences, you've seen those old cedar fences around, uh, you know, Indiana and the Midwest um, that have been there for probably, you know, from 80 years and up. So there's some. It lasts, but, but you know, there's always Karen feeding that needs to be go, going into these things. So I, did, so, I saw so. you didn't put any any paint or stain on that. Is that common? No. No, client wants it all non-stained, non-painted. It'll take a year for all that just to, you know, remove all of its oils that's inside the wood and eventually it'll go to a gray. So cedar will just gray out. And just from all the sun and the UV, just trying to suck her out. Good for you, man. You know what? I've been looking at my website. I'm thinking I need more nutrition because, like, I, I, I label myself as Coach Potts, nutrition and fitness expert. But I just don't feel like I do enough for the nutrition stuff, you know? So I think uh, I think recipes are coming, some, uh, you know, smoothie recipes, some juicing recipes, something easy to get the, uh, the ball rolling, just things I can put on my website and uh, I'm looking for primarily something to eat after my workout. What do you do? Yeah. You, do you have like a, a normal go-to post-workout routine and/or uh, meal that you like to have? Um, you know, for like after my meal, it all depends. It's been like chicken, you know, and just broccoli here and there. Um, do you? I mean, yeah, I know we're supposed to say that being like healthy people and all, but do you really eat chicken and broccoli after your workouts? Not all the time. I swear sometimes I, I have my moments where sometimes I just want a nice frozen pizza, you know, just because it's one less prep for me. I've had my moments, you know, where I throw that in. Um, but my go-to meal is pretty much, it's just like, it's been chicken, it's been some broccoli, it's been salads, salads. I just like making little. Do you really do that much. though? Don't lie. I feel like <laughs> you eat a Snickers. I am in the Snickers. I am in the Snickers. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, man. I, I've been 
kind of hustling. And so sometimes my go-to's recently just been a frozen pizza. There you I go. Swear. Which kind? Jack's. Mexican oh man, you're, that's, I don't want to see you slumming, but I'm definitely you're definitely being economical, and that's good, man. Because these are difficult times, and in order to be able to make sure that you can get the most for your dollar, I think Jack's is the way to go. I mean, what is a Jack's about? Two fifty a pizza? It's about you know two twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> let me let me just say this to verify. I know I, I'm a yogi and I do remodeling. Let me just say this: there is so much out of legs all the time i know this is probably a bad excuse but i'm on my legs all the time and then at the end of the day i'm always bending over and up and down it's like i do my own squats and then at the mm-hmm. end of the day i kind of need some bread you know but it's towards the end of my day during my day or i'm gonna crash so that's kind of my go-to just quick and uh i sleep pretty good you know but in the morning i'm having um like three eggs with a banana Yeah, get some protein in you. Get some uh, some nice uh, quick carbs with that banana. Some fast energy for you. I would uh, with my workouts, particularly post workouts these days. I will set the. uh, I have a rice cooker, which I highly recommend as an essential uh, piece of equipment that any kitchen needs because it really is the set it and forget it whole thing. So this one makes the oatmeal as well. So I'll make oatmeal in the rice cooker. And, you know, go work out, go work for a while. And after about an hour, two or three, when I feel like I'm finally starting to get hungry, I go downstairs, I'll have oatmeal, Greek yogurt, and frozen berries. That's usually my go-to post-workout meal, but I don't have it as soon as I'm done working out. I usually have it about two or three hours afterward. And I feel like it definitely stops me from getting, you know, extra hungry. And it definitely is one of those things that can carry me all the way through lunch. It's, It's not a big meal. I don't even think it's very high in calories, but it tastes okay. You know, it's definitely not the Greek yogurt. It kind of tastes like paste, but you know, when you mix it with the oatmeal and the berries, which obviously the berries are what makes it taste good. Uh, it's a decent. It's a, it's got everything you could possibly want for a post workout meal. But um, I probably should have it directly after my workout. But I usually wait about two three hours before I do that. Okay, after your workout, right? Yeah, not before. I I typically work out on an empty stomach. I don't I don't yeah. I don't know if I necessarily believe in the whole fasted cardio. That was like one. Um, of those things that was like popular for a while. It's like, well, the first thing in the morning, you need to roll out of bed and you need to start doing cardio because that means that fat will be your primary source of energy. You'll burn a lot of fat. You'll burn more fat in the morning without eating anything than you will at any other point in the day. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I still think it's a whole daily you know, intake kind of thing. So whether you do that cardio in the morning or in the afternoon or you eat before you work out or you eat afterward, I mean, we're we're talking about the finer points of nutrition and fat burning. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that's going to prevent you from burning fat is not working out. So, <laughs> what right. time of day and you I do think it? Just, yeah. just just a rule of thumb. I feel like if you feel like you're still uh, full, you know, from your meal from the night before, don't skip your breakfast. You say don't skip it or do skip it. Skip it. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is that whole intermittent fasting is uh, obviously very popular these days. It used to be six small meals. You had to eat six small meals. You had to eat every two, three hours a day. The rationale behind that was you got to keep the metabolism going. So if it was like a like a fire, you know, on a train, if you want to continue to feed it coal so the engine can continue to work properly. And now they're trying to get away from all that. They're trying to say just you should only eat during a small window, you know, whether that be an eight-hour window during the day or, you know, trying to do it over the course of a week. So five days low-calorie, two days high-calorie, stuff like that. 
you know, I think it's going to change in the next 5, 10, 15 years anyway, because I doubt it. It's just a matter of what I doubt they're going to find what's perfect for everybody because there is no such thing. What you're going to find is what's popular with everybody. And right now it just happens to be intermittent fasting. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Good. Everybody's so different. If Everybody's I was gonna, different. Like, not joking here. I'm trying to be serious. But if I was going to practice breaking boards with my hand, do you think cedar would be best? Or can you recommend? <laughs> no, I would not want to do that. I would not. Pine? No, I wouldn't want to deal pine. Plywood. Plywood? Um, I do. I go switch oak? straight to the plywood. Definitely not you know? oak. No, not oak. No, it was probably. But, you know, what? we're talking I, about me here, not you. So, which one do you think I should do? Because if I were you, I wouldn't try and punch anything that was hard. You're definitely going to hurt yourself. Well, definitely, since you're strong and you're mighty, I give you oak. I think you can do it. You think I should just do it? Yeah. Give me a piece I of oak, man. Let's give it a shot. They say oaks win hardest woods. I say just do it, man. You can <laughs> do it. I say throw caution to the wind. You know. Do it, honestly, man. Like you just have a hand and you got all those bones in it. Don't worry, dude. You can always just. You know, so start with oak, happens, right? <laughs> and then work your way light. You know, like that's what those you know bodybuilders do with those. You know, they're working the bench press. They work heavy. They work their weight light. And so we talked. We talked a lot about wood in our last episode. What kind of wood do you think pro wrestlers use to hit each other over the head with? Oh, that's dried. I could say it could be dried, <laughs> dried wood, dried cedar. You know, it's yeah. very, very. Very dry wood, so it's easy, easy to break. Okay. Which was which was disappointing as a kid when you did karate and they want you to punch a you know piece of wood. I I did that and I was like, this is it, this is this What's is too a, easy? this is a lie. It was a lie. It was I was a lie. So disappointed. You wanted a face thought, instead to punch. You didn't just yeah, want wood. I, I wanted to be Jean Claude Van Damme. I yeah. wanted to. It's not too late. Like, you have enough hair for a ponytail. What, what's the problem? Um, you know, I'm just gonna stick to my calisthenics and yoga, okay, and all that. I'm pretty good. More of a lover these days. Yeah, I think also you know, you got that budget. You have to work out. You know, you gotta get, you're going through a lot of wood. It's, it costs money, <laughs> and, and especially during these quarantine, economically trying times. I mean, who's got that kind of money or time? You know what I mean? You you know what, Ross? You're totally right. So you're you're building fences, which is great. You're not painting them this time. Any any projects coming up this week? What's the week looking like? Well, since I kept you up on what I was doing, I was insulating my client's attic. He was very itchy. I was wearing was wearing a full body suit and an N95, like I said. And um, after that, we finally put up our den shield for those walls. That's where I put, told you where we're at. Now we put the now tile that's the that's the mask you wear, right? The M95 or whatever. Yeah, that's what everyone's doing right now. Why can't you that's give what, me one of those? Can you? Can't. Just, we're hoarding. We're oh. hoarding them all the time. Hoarding means you have a stockpile, right? Just give one to your old buddy Andy. Yeah, you're too far away. <laughs> it's too far away. The distance. Okay. You know, and plus the postage and handling. Oh, it's 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 brutal. So what are you working <laughs> on this week? But we're, we're uh, putting up tile on, our clients, uh, on their client's bathroom. Now you say so, put, you're putting down tile, right, on the floor, I'm assuming? Uh, not yet. So when you're tiling, you want to work your way out. And so for this particular job, we are tiling our client's shower, and they have a shower and tub. So we are actually working our way from the, the main wall 
you know, that's you're not, where you probably you wouldn't want to soap dish. Quote unquote point or paint yourself into a corner. Like you need to tile from the furthest corner all the way to the front entrance. Am I right? Right. Yeah, that's the same. Genius. Yeah, of course. Anybody who's, you know, in it, not not trying to put put themselves in a corner. Is this Don't a three to five day job or what do you think? The guy like you knock it out in two? Depends on how much space. You know, but also, you know, it's a skill that you have to, it's a skill that it, that goes along with the notch trowel, you know, because mm-hmm. if you don't have a quarter inch notch trowel, that is, that quarter inch notch trowel builds up the tile, how high it's going to be. If I use a half inch notch trowel, that tile, that tile is going to be even higher. But also, you probably need that higher half inch notch trowel due to how long and wide your piece of tile is. So that'd be 12 inches by 24, two feet by a foot. So, also, it also has, there's variation for if I'm building up a floor, I have to kind of have a nice sweet transition from the floor to the, the room. It's like to the wood floor that's make my way to the bathroom, to the, like the hallway. And so that's very important too. So sometimes that's why other contractors have like a little uh, doorstep. Pricey it's wood or it's steel, like a little threshold. They do that because they are probably building on top of a floor where the floor was higher and they built on, you know, like they're just trying to have an easier transition. What we try to do is try to avoid doing that. Just um, have nice, so you don't have to step onto it. A lot of old houses have that. Sounds interesting. I mean, the parts I was listening to sounded really interesting. So we do appreciate it. This could be. This is a monumental episode, Ross, because we have real questions today. Real questions from a real person who wants to have a real answer. So I'm going to let you go ahead and answer these questions. So maybe somebody who actually like can stand the sound of your voice will pay attention to it. So I'm going to go ahead and read this one. This one is from Kate from Chicago. Kate, hey Kate. Yeah. She wants to upgrade her picture-hanging game from command strips to something more sturdy and less college dorm-esque. What's a way that you can do that she can do minimal damage to her walls because she rents and still hang her frame securely? Go. So she's in command strips. I'm not familiar with those command strips. Oh, those things? Okay, like... Do you like them or you don't? I, I... You know, I here's me. I what I try, tend to do. I if I'm trying to hang some things up, but not deal with it. Those command strips would work good. You just had to do install them right. I like them, but um, the thing was, I actually used them to hang a real picture frame, and I would say about a year after hanging them, I'm it's I'm dead asleep. It's three thirty in the morning. I hear this loud crash, and I wake up, and the frame just fell off. It was actually from my staircase. The frame fell off, rolled all the way down to the bottom of the stairs. So. Uh, I will never use anything that weighs. I mean, I might use them for a poster or something like that, but I don't think I'll ever use them for something that actually weighs weight. And I know command strips, they say, are rated for like five pounds or so, but I'm, after you're doing it once, I mean, I'm not, lesson learned. I'm never, I, don't, I wouldn't use them for something that weighs um, a significant amount of weight, meaning even a pound or two or three, right? Right. So, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to cover timeline. If she's renting an apartment, you have a lease rent. Okay, so you're trying. So sounds like you can use the command strips up to uh, up to one year. Okay, before a picture starts falling down. If you want to upgrade your game, which you can do is actually honestly just put a nail into the darn wall, and but get yourself some Elmer's. Uh, there's Elmer's glue, right? But they call it Elmer's wood filler. Now I use the interior. The reason why I use Elmer's 
interior wood filler is because majority of all rentals are all white. And so that's how they paint the walls. And so if I ever do, you know, put in a little picture and want to take it out, um, I just fill in those little holes with a little Elmer's wood putty filler interior that is because if you use the exterior it's all sandy and grainy and that's able to be to be stained so do not do that you're going to be scuffing up and marring up your wall more where it's noticeable this is what i say if you're going to rent spend the first month or two like setting up the place you want because then you get at least 11 maybe 10 months out of the place and all the stuff that you think is like, oh, no, I rented. I don't want to have to pay for it. Usually it can be repaired in like a day or two or three. So like if you're, if you're going to paint the walls, before you move in, paint them the color you think you're going to like. Tr- set up the place the way you want. Even if you're there for a year or two, it's probably another two or three days after you move out to get it the place back to the way it was before you moved in. So I don't, I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're saying. Are you saying use a nail and then repair it afterward? Because that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, that's what I would do. Because I, I've had friends who said, oh, I can't put up any pictures. And then they've been there like you know for two years and they just had these pictures hanging there. So it's, it's, it's kind of on your mind. So just try to make the best of it, you know. Um, You'll find just, too, like, especially with like, rentals. Or just buy more of those command strips and just hold that thing up better. But that's that's... That's where I'm at. So you think command stra- strips are a decent option, but yeah, just reinforce it. Honestly, reinforce it. I don't know, man. But- like I, I just know that I thought like I, I've lived in my place for seven years now. You know, I definitely made some improvements when I first moved in, but other things I was holding off on. And then once I started realizing that, like, if you look around, like, excuse me, rentals, if you look around, the, the paint job is very rarely well done. There's usually patches in the walls somewhere. I started I started drilling into the brick in my building, and then I realized there was already holes there. Like, I mean, that's what your, your place is for, It's to make those kind of adjustments. And although they're not permanent adjustments, they're permanent while you're there, so you might as well take advantage of it. And just kind of deal with it afterward. I, I mean, we're not talking about knocking down walls here, right? No, no. So, I mean, it's like yeah, little little holes here and there. And then, I don't know, the picture hanging frame, it, it can be difficult because um, you're trying to decide between, you know, do you find, are you finding the stud, right, or are you doing the toggle bolts? And I was always intimidated by toggle bolts, but I just hung some shelves up recently, and I found it's not that bad, especially if you can find, like, the decent toggle bolts um, in the sense that if you can find a decent um, bit for your drill and just, all you gotta do is slide the bolt in there they pop out you tighten it on and you're good to go and that thing that that ain't going nowhere you know what i mean i hear you i yeah. just think the studs is where people you know do i find a stud do i not find a stud do i use a toggle bolt not find a toggle bolt i don't here, know here, i've always had difficult just, time finding let me, studs let, let me give it let me give her a quick guide so here's this so menard sells if you're trying to find a stud and depends if there's weight to your picture okay the majority of friends that i know their pictures aren't that heavy but if you need something that's a little more weight what you can do is you can go to menards and there's a powerful magnet finder okay this is a stud finder but it's just a magnet stud finder eight bucks okay this is what i use all the time and what i find is nails yeah and all i have to do is rub this thing back and forth and eventually i'm going to find a nail and then that's where my stud is that's the most easy one for anybody to do now if you live in an old building you're gonna find probably find more little nails just due to the tax strips they did because it was plaster 
again, you'll still have a step right behind that. So don't worry about that. Trust me, I've lived, lived in the city of Chicago, so I know what's up. Yeah, you do. You're, you're a city. You were a silly dweller. You get it. Yeah, I loved it. It was good. So was I'm saying, and you're saying, I mean, go with the command strips if you need to, but don't be afraid to put holes in your walls. You can always easily repair them once you move out. Right. And here's this. If you have, like, you know, more pictures on one wall that you made holes in and you're like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? All right. Majority of the paint that they're going to use is just primer white. You know, that's kills primer white. And if it's a semi-gloss, it's semi-gloss. Again, I know I've had some friends who ask me, what do I do? And sometimes I just get the little, you know, Elmer's wood putty filler right there, fill it in. And just rub it with my finger, and then when it dries, and I do it again, make sure I don't see it. And then, um, so you're talking about using that instead of spackle? Yeah, that that's going to give you a quick drying time. Genius. And so then, I'm just saying. So then, what you do is you get a roll, you get a paint tray and a roller, and you paint that whole wall. The reason why is you don't spot paint. Okay, don't spot paint because you're telling. The, the landlord, you know, guy who's going to come in there like, oh, she just, they spot painted this. You uniformly cover the whole darn wall. You paint that wall white. It's done. And, you know, and if it might be a little off-white, you know what? fine. It's all right. But, you, you're trying, but you're trying to be like a sniper. You're trying not to let them notice what you did, you know? So there's always those tricks of the trade because you get charged that extra 75 or your $150 deposit, whatever it is, they'll take it away. All right, Ross. This isn't just the home improvement show. It's also the home and body improvement show. She has a question about the Mm -hmm. body portion, which, you know, is more my arena. So why don't you just sit back and enjoy what I have to say about this. She's finished two marathons at a five-minute on one-minute run-walk interval. And aside from the elite runners giving her the stink eye, she's very proud of this accomplishment. Intervals are what she's most comfortable with running, but lately she wants to challenge herself by starting to train to do more continuous runs. She's finding it very difficult, though, as her pace is very slow, and it kind of hurts her legs. Her leg, her lungs, heart aren't quite cooperating the way she had hoped, and she's looking to. She also, she always looks to revert to her intervals. How does she increase her endurance slowly and steadily without chickening out? It's definitely a good question. I think mainly what she's saying is, how do I run continuously without having to walk? One of the things that I try to preach to any client really who's training for an endurance event is that it's about not not necessarily running the entire time. But initially, it's about moving the entire time. So one thing you can do to train your body to do that is to substitute a cardio machine. So if you're going to use the elliptical, which is a no-impact exercise, get on the elliptical and go for an hour or so. Or the Airdyne is another no-impact exercise, the rower, the stationary bike. You can use any one of those cardio equipments to get your body used to moving continuously. Now, how is that going to translate to running? Well, eventually you're going to have to run, obviously, especially if you're training for a marathon. But if you can use the elliptical continuously for an hour, hour and a half, there's a good chance that at a slow pace running, you can go continuously for about a half hour or so. That doesn't necessarily mean it's like a three to one ratio, but it does mean that you need to learn how to continuously move and then eventually translate that into the actual running. 
the big difference is obviously the impact. So you have to train your knees, your ankles, and all that type of stuff to get used to the pounding that's going to take place during these long runs. And there is no substitute for that. So you know, starting out with a time in mind, getting some sort of proper warm up, and then saying, I'm not going to stop running for continuously, despite what my pace is for 15 minutes or so. And then once you get used to that, you know, trying to increase that by, you know, another 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes until you are continuously moving for at least an hour at a time. The thing about marathons, though, is very rarely do you see somebody who continuously runs the entire 26.2 miles. Even when I ran marathons, I always made it a point to walk the water points because every couple of miles you at least get an opportunity to slow down, slow your heart rate, grab your drink of water, enjoy your water, and then continue moving along. So the insummation, get used to moving continuously. Do that with a machine like an elliptical, a rower, even swimming. And then eventually when you start running, set a time, try to stick to that time, and then continually increase that time over a number of weeks and months. You know, the minimum for especially somebody who's kind of a beginner at marathon training is about four months or 16 weeks. So use all those 16 weeks and pick one or two of those days during the week where you're saying, hey, I'm going to continuously run for a set amount of time. You can worry about the pace later, but obviously after a certain point, you could try increasing the pace. But the idea is to get used to continuously moving. I think that's about it. Do you have any feedback on that one, my friend? That sounds good to me. Yeah. Does it sound good because I said it and everything I said is like music to your ears? It's, yeah, it's like plucking a harp. (laughs) God, I'm good. You're good too, sometimes. I think you can work on it though. And that's why we're going to continue to do the Home and Body Improvement Show. Thanks, man. This has been fun. For who? For this guy over here, for me. (laughs) Well, Ross, I wish you the best in all the tile this weekend. I myself am going to continue to work on my website, and I'm also going to do the nutrition stuff, trying to put together a couple recipes, see if I can't blast them out on social media. But that's all I got for you for today. Do you got anything for me? No, just keep on smiling. That's all I'm saying. Episode 5 is in the books, my friends. Uh, This will be posted up shortly. Stay tuned to next week when we have a brand new episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show. Please feel free to send us your questions, and we will answer them during the show. And guess what? Next week, regardless, we're going to talk about smart homes. How do you feel about smart homes, Ross? Love them, hate them? Uh, um, 50-50, I'm on the fence. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. All right, man, take care. Tune in for next week. All right, talk to you soon. There you have it, folks. Another episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show. That's our fifth episode. We are moving along. Again, all the episodes will be available on Spotify and iTunes. You can find them on the website, CoachPots.com. Check out Rockin' Radio Ross on his Instagram. Check out Coach Potts at Coach Potts, the number one. I'm also available on Facebook. And if you have any questions which you'd like answered on the show, hit me up at Andy at CoachPots.com. So for right now, folks, we're tuning out. We'll see you next week for Home and Body Improvement Show.